In the words of the great SpongeBob SquarePants, I'm ready. I didn't say in his voice. I said in his words. Don't start with me. I said I'm ready. For what? You ask. The Loquacious Podcast. Thank you for joining me. This is the first episode. My name is Aisha Gunn. It says here in my cards that I am a comedian and an expert of my own lunacy. Now see, that's this is why I don't allow my team to write out my cue cards because they're not capable of being mature, as you can see. And by team, I mean me. And this is where the lunacy unfolds. Will you join me? I appreciate it. Yes, as although I did state that I am a comedian, I do not consider this to be a comedy podcast. Uh, it is what it is, the loquacious podcast. And for those of you who are curious as to what the term loquacious means, which I'm sure many of you are, and I'm saying many as though I don't know how many people will be listening to this, but let's have high hopes, shall we? Yes, in the past couple of years, uh, when I came up with the concept of this podcast, and I said a couple of years ago, which is why the first episode is titled Fear and Procrastination. <laughs> it's aptly titled, and we'll get to that. But in the past couple of years, since I've named the podcast Loquacious, um, I've had people question and ask me, is it even a real word? They thought it was somebody that I knew when I was growing up, possibly on the streets of uh, Fillmore and Leroy back in Buffalo, New York, where I was born and raised. And yes, Fillmore and Leroy are actual street names. And, <clears throat> excuse me, so uh, yes, Loquacious Podcast, Loquacious, uh, Miriam Webster um, defines it as, uh, well, first of all, it's an adjective, and it means talkative or wordy. Synonyms include uh, garrulous, long-winded, but that seems to be a little more of the negative connotations, and I like to stick to the lighter side of things. So those who know me well know that I am capable of participating or striking up a conversation about any and everything, probably because I have a myriad of interests and I'm always into something, always reading about something, doing some type of research and wanting to share that information and share what I've learned. So, um... I thought that I would give my loved ones a break by just recording myself <laughs> or just having conversations with people that I think that um, others need to know about. Um, I did before, when I was putting together this podcast, I was considering what I would use as background music, you know, I had all these big plans and everything, and but can we just give it up to this beautiful background sounds of the North Carolina, Carolina nightlife? Give it up for them. Don't they sound beautiful? Listen. I said nightlife, but it's actually going into the morning, so you're going to hear some birds as well, which I think is beautiful too. So I couldn't think of anything else that was more suited for the first episode, so I just thought I'd let nature take its course. So yes, well, um, let's dive into the first episode of Loquacious Podcast, Fear and Procrastination. And like I said, I conceived the idea of this podcast uh, over two years ago, I had been told by loved ones, people who were close to me, people who were getting to know me, saying that it would be great to uh, hear me talk about the things that I talk about on an everyday basis. 
And for anyone else who has been encouraged to start a podcast by people that they know, just know that they're kindly telling you that you talk too much. (laughs) That's what I gathered from people telling me to do the same thing. It's basically, yes, we love you. We love the research that you, the time that you put into researching. We love the information that you gather and we love you sharing. We just don't want you sharing that with one person at one time. So yes, that I think that's a great place to start for a podcast. Fear and procrastination. Let's get, let's dive right into it. I believe that uh, even though I conceived this podcast a couple of years ago, well, more than a couple of years ago, but actually bought the equipment about a year and a half ago, bought the uh, the microphone, I bought the attachments for my phone to attach the microphone to it, and I bought a pop filter. And for those of you who are not aware of what a pop filter is, it is the difference between this Peter Piper picked a peck of pickle peppers. See, and that's that's ugly. I don't want to assault your eardrums. And this, Peter Piper picked a peck of pickle peppers. You see that? Isn't that more pleasant? So that's what a pop filter does. It's that little screen that you put in front of a microphone to, it looks like it distributes your voice more evenly. So I bought all this equipment. I was psyched, okay? Took pictures of it, named the microphone, Done. Look, it's been so long, I don't forgot her name, and I feel bad. So we're just going to call her Honey. Hey, Honey, thank you for joining us. So, yeah, so I had all this stuff, and then what happened? What happened? And that's where procrastination comes into play. I put it off, simply. Um, at times, I believe it was due to my own laziness, which I acknowledge. And also, I think that it had to do with fear. I think that fear was the main root of my procrastination. And I wanted to know, why did I have this fear? Why couldn't I bring myself to do something that I had been looking forward to doing for quite some time, longer than I would even like to say? So let's get to the root of those fears. Where did the fears come from? Well, I believe that they came from unaddressed uh, issues that I had from the past, Um, Oftentimes when I was physically harmed, I took my behind to the doctor, took my behind to the ER, to the dentist, wherever I needed to go to fix whatever issue I was having. But whenever I dealt with things that were psychologically damaging or um, emotionally damaging, they were never addressed, probably because they were unseen. So i never took the time to process them. And just went on with my life. And I believe that stuff built up. And due to them being unaddressed, certain things, any actions or certain things that would come up in my life, I believe that fears were attached to that. And so once I realized that, what I started to do was I took the time to create um, a process for myself, a personal process where every month, I chose a determined amount of time to fast. I fasted. I and in, in, in my case, it was a a physical fast, which was through my diet. And it could be anything. It could be a fast from something else that could be probably out of order in your life. Um, if it's too much television, if it's being on social media, which can consume a lot of people's time, um, it could be anything that you feel is being excessive in your life. 
So first I started off, like I said, with a with a fast through my diet. And that was just eliminating um, anything excessive, sugars, anything like that. It was more of a liquid fast where it was soups and smoothies and a lot of fruit and all of that. But just eliminating a lot of um, excessive things. And through fasting and too fast um, requires discipline and consistency. And... A lot of times for me personally, fears came from the unknown. And of course, we're not going to know everything, but the unknown and not being prepared for it. But in my mind, I wasn't even focusing on the unprepared part. I couldn't even wrap my mind around that concept. It was just the fear of the unknown. And when you're dealing with anxieties and fears, uh, a lot of times your, your thought process can be out of order. So I wasn't even recognizing that I was focusing on what might happen and not on what can happen, what the possibilities were um, on a positive note. So through the fasting and through prayer, which I do regularly, but when you start to realize some things about yourself, you get a little more intentional about your prayer because you are alerted to things that you did not realize in the first place. So I became more intentional with my prayers for things that I identified with myself. And I also was very strict about monitoring other things that I fed myself, not just through my mouth, but through my eyes and through my ears. I was just being very intentional about that. And through that, I got a lot of clarity and it put me back on track. Um, Oftentimes, we find ourselves being out of order and giving our bodies a rest Uh, especially our digestive tracts, (laughs) giving it a rest for a period of time. I don't believe it hurts anyone, but make sure that you speak with your doctor or speak with whomever is helping you, you know, on your health journey, as far as what's the proper fast for you, especially if you have other types of, um, you know, dealing with other illnesses, such as like diabetes and, and other illnesses that do require you to, you know, watch certain levels. Isn't that bird beautiful? But yes, yeah, so I go through that or whatever, and uh, what that does is it's if if I had not been addressing any issues, it puts me back on tr- uh, puts me back on track, and brings that discipline and that consistency back into my life. Now, for some people, it's not difficult, especially if they're working uh, like a nine to five job or if they have like a scheduled work schedule. I have not had that in the past few years because I was involved in an accident that left me visually impaired, which took me out of the workforce and um, for a period of time uh, created instability in my life. I I did not. I was homeless with my children in another city and um, learning how to navigate my life, being visually impaired and coming to grips with that loss, the loss of a job, you know, loss of your, you know, your stability. And just putting my life back together brought to light the fact that I did not have that that structure that I had when I was working in the workforce and everything like that. So um, I was I will say that I am grateful for the time that I've had to figure all of this out because it's not a. I do realize that it is a luxury. But I also do realize that if even if I weren't doing that, at some point during me being in the workforce, I would probably have uh, fallen apart anyway because I was I was I was running on fumes anyway. So things do happen 
for whatever reason and we just have to make the most of it so like i said fear <clears throat> getting to the root I'm still dealing with anxiety after that, you know, even though through the fasting and everything and a lot of it spilled into other parts of my life, especially my stand up comedy. Um, I've been doing it for the past 10 years and I suffer from terrible performance anxiety and so other people know that as as stage fright. And even though this is something that I've wanted to do since I was seven years old, um, I think is because it is a gift and I do it so well. It contributed to my lack of preparedness. When, um, I was winging it, basically, um, for the past 10 years, up until maybe a few months ago when I got had the opportunity to work with a stand-up comedian that I wanted to work, up, work with for most of my life. He's one of my absolute favorites, and I got a call to work with him this summer. And you would think that this opportunity... I have him on my bucket list that I would prepare, right? No, I couldn't. My mind was not, I could not wrap my mind around that. And my anxiety wouldn't even allow me to uh, do more than make bullet points for the subjects that I would speak about when I'm on stage. Well, it comes to showtime. We have five shows, one on a Thursday, two on a Friday, and two on a Saturday. Thursday night was a great show. Um, I was still anxious prior to that. It's something about when my name is called that I just go out and do what I'm supposed to do. But I'm always left with this lingering thought of how could I have made it better? And there I was again. Here we go. Friday, we get the first show out the way. I was complete. I was a, a wreck prior to the first show. In between the first show and the second show, the headliner that I wanted to work with um, sees that I am visibly anxious. And he pulls me aside and he says, you know, I really do admire the fact that you care so much about doing a great job that, you know, that it, it, it gets you to this place. But you don't have to do this to yourself. There is a better way to deal with this. And he told me that the more prepared you are, the less anxious you'll be. And as simple as it sounds, you can sometimes be too smart for your own good. Because <laughs> as simple as that sounds, you would have thought that for those of you, um, the best way that I can describe it is if anyone has seen that movie, The Dark Crystal for, uh, by Jim Henson, creator of The Muppets. Um, it was a movie and the crystal, these little... It, characters called the Gelflings um, healed this crystal and like everything became right. They, you know, the crystal had like all these shards and once they put all the pieces together and it was healed, things were better. That's how it felt when I got this information. So in between the first show and the second show on that Friday, right? Uh, prior to the second show, instead of commiserating with the other comedians and socializing and everything else, I stayed my behind backstage and I practiced, I practiced, I practiced. And I, and he told me, he said, if you have to write it all out, do so. And I used to write out all my jokes. Well, I still do. But when it comes down to preparing for a show, I can just gather myself to just put down bullet points because I just, just that nervous. So 
He said, if you got to write it out, do that. And I said, but won't that make it sound scripted? He's like, no, you're going to know what you're talking about. So this is somebody that I trust. Like I said, I've been wanting to work with this person. So I'm going to take his advice. So before the show, I practice, I practice, I practice. I went over every word. And but before the second show, I was more excited than I was anxious. And I went out there and I think I did an exponentially better job. I thought, I, I, I know that I was doing a good job, but it felt exponentially better. I felt satisfied. Of course, not completely because this is, to me, there's always room for improvement, but I felt satisfied with what I delivered. And then this next two shows the next night were bangers. So and he just co-signed on something that my oldest daughter told me the the day of the opening show. And she said, mom, what you have is a gift. She said, the talent comes in when you navigate the gift properly. She said, what do you do with that gift? Because there's a lot of people, in my opinion, I know there's a lot of people that leave this earth with so much still inside of them. So do you know their gift, they die with their gift. It's not automatic that just because you have a gift that you're going to deliver it, that it's going to be unpacked. So I appreciated that. I appreciated that those words of wisdom and they really did help me. Now, this happened this summer. What happened after that? What did I do to maintain that? Well, what I did was I got myself an accountability partner. You hear about the, I know a lot of people hear about accountability partners, but let me just tell you how golden they are, especially if you get one that's responsible and that's willing to be your accountability partner and somebody that is actually successful in doing something along the lines of what you want to do. It's very encouraging. So my accountability partner, her name is Sadija. She's an awesome person, Sadija Smiley. And I'm smiling while I'm saying her name because she has just been so instrumental in helping me get to the place where I am here now recording, which I could not get myself to do that. Not to say that she solved all my problems, but to have someone to know that you're not in it by yourself is so helpful. And I encourage anyone who struggles with consistency, with discipline, to find themselves an accountable accountability partner. So what she did, what I did was I had observed Sadija. I love the way that she runs her organization, which is called Sales, and it's for stillborn and infant law support. It's a wonderful organization. And I watched how she did things, and she was posting that she does this thing called 60 um, 60 and 60. <clears throat> excuse me. And it's basically... Um, excuse me, is it 60... Success in 60. It's too many, you know, it's too much for me. Um, so a success in 60, and it's basically devoting 60 minutes of your day to your goals. And she helped me because I am such a creative person and a Renaissance woman. My hands are in so many pots. I'm always finding something to do. She helped me narrow down my goals to just two, just work on two goals. And as much as I'm itching to start delving into some other projects, she helped me focus on two things at a time. And one was this podcast. Well, I chose the two. It was one was this podcast and another project that I've been working on that I cannot wait to tell people about. But for the past, <clears throat> excuse me, three weeks, I've been working specifically on developing these goals and I have just been growing by leaps and bounds with sticking to that. And I'm so grateful because this podcast is documented evidence of me getting through one of my fears and completing a goal. 
And I'm so thankful for you all joining me and lending me your ears for the first episode of the Loquacious Podcast. Um, I would like to close, first of all, by thanking my background, my background music, nature. Appreciate you, North Carolina. You're beautiful. And I also want to end with a book recommendation. I'm an avid reader. And although my accident left me visually impaired years ago, um, I'm in a place where things are not at 100%, but they are better than they've been in a while, which I'm able to get back into my love of reading for because for some time I was unable to do that. And that's a, that's a, it brought a sadness into my life to be taken away from something like that. And of course, there's audio books, but it's nothing like holding a book in your hands. So my book recommendation is a book called The Language of Letting Go. And it's a book, it's daily meditation for codependence. And for those of you who don't consider yourself to be codependent or don't think that's your thing, through reading this book, and it's not a straight read through, like I said, it's daily meditations that are um, given uh, for each day of the year. So you can skip ahead, you can go back, you can go to whatever day you want to. It's a great, it's a great, great read. And it's very, very direct. It's not a lot of uh, sugarcoating. It's very direct. And I believe that it's written that way because the book is popular, to my understanding, in circles of recovery for probably like NA or AA. Um, but in my opinion, from reading it, and it's been a part of, I think it was first published in 1990, but it's been a part of my life since my like mid to late 20s. And I'm 42 now. So it's been a part of my life for all that time. And it's something that you could always go to. It's a great resource book. And I believe that recovery could be recovery from anything. It could be recovery from childhood trauma that you're just now addressing, domestic violence, um, regular, you know, not regular, but recovery as far as substance abuse. Um, it could be, to me, it could be recovery from, from grief. It's, it's a great book for anyone who has felt that they have fallen out of place with life and they feel like they're just now finding themselves or if they're starting to undiscover, they're starting to um, discover some truths that they didn't believe were around before. Like they're starting to learn more about the world and they are starting to really figure out their place in the world. It's a great book to help guide you as far as processing your feelings and um, feelings that are common for men and women in recovery. So again, that book is called The Language of Letting Go. The author is Melody Beatty. That's B-E-A-T-T-I-E. And like I said, it's a great resource for anyone, um, I, in my personal opinion. So I've bought the book plenty of times for loved ones and just sent them to them because I just thought it was just such a great read and like I said, a great resource. So once again, thank you for joining me. I'll be wrapping up this first episode and I believe I'll be dropping them weekly. I'm not going to get too ambitious because I'll get excited and say, oh, every day I'm going to have something for you. And, you know, I'm going to set myself up and I'm not going to do that. We're going to give you quality. And I thank you again. Join me again for the next episode. I think we'll be discussing shout out to caregivers. My name is Aisha Gunn. This is Loquacious Podcast. Peace.